Clemson 59, FSU 10. Welcome to the Weekly Knoll Instant Reaction Podcast. I'll be your host today, Clint Island, talking about what everyone just witnessed and uh, really what might be one of the worst losses in Florida State history, not even from a margin standpoint, but just from a pure disappointment, dominant standpoint, whatever. So we all know the score, 59 to 10. Uh, there's not much to analyze here because that whole game was a train wreck, but I'll try my best. I'll give you guys some immediate thoughts and, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll wing it, I guess. Okay. So here's my big takeaway from this game. FSU is who we thought they were. All right. Nothing that happened today is all that surprising. There's a couple of things that happened, which we can talk about and uh, examine why it actually did happen. But when you look at what FSU was coming into this game, you had a good defense who would sometimes get tired thanks to a bad offense. And that offense had a bad offensive line. That defense had bad linebackers. They had, you know, questionable safeties, uh, but still overall very dominant fronts, front four, I guess, not really the linebackers included, but the defensive line. And uh, you had a team which, if stuff went wrong, if they started shooting themselves in the foot, they'd get blown out. That's exactly what happened. Florida State came out, shot themselves in the foot time after time after time, and what do you know, Clemson leaves Doe Campbell with a 40-plus point victory. Here's the most frustrating thing about this loss. If you are a Florida State fan, Clemson did not dominate this game from the kickoff. They did not impose their will for the entire first quarter, right? For about 15 minutes, it looked like FSU was going to give them a fight. They start dominating because FSU made mistakes. It was Nyquan Murray and Keith Gavin dropping first down passes, all right? It was Eberly miscommunicating and snapping a ball 15 yards behind Francois. On a drive where they started to show momentum. They started against a rhythm, right? And it just gets wiped out. It was Asante Samuel running into the kicker, letting Clemson score a touchdown when originally they just missed a field goal. So you turned zero points into seven, all because you shot yourself in the foot. Clemson is absolutely the better team. Nobody can deny that. But Florida State gave them so much ammo that you can't feel any any positive vibes, I guess, from this game, right? Because if Clemson had gone out there, dominated, just out-talented Florida State, hit their weaknesses, that's one thing. If they come out and just punch you in the face, it's, you know, okay, they're a great team. When you come out and you give them a good fight and you show promise, and then you just make all those mental errors... That's that's not a good sign. It's not good for your program momentum. It's not good for recruiting. It's not good for anything. Because beating yourself is the worst thing you can do as a team. Losing is whatever. Beating yourself, it's hard to come back from that, right? So earlier this year, you know, we're critical of the coaches on offense and some of their decisions. Obviously, they can't control certain things like offensive line. Some players, they're still trying to figure out, you know, uh, what what's their best spot? What are they good at, etc. But over the past like three games, aside from Clemson, they got better, and the coaches really did have quality game plans. 
And that stayed the same on Saturday. They had a very good mix of plays and scheming to move the ball. And that's hard to do against Clemson's defense. But for a drive there, at least in the first half, maybe a couple drives, they started to do it. But it didn't matter because players started to mess up. I mentioned Murray and Gavin, right? I mean, they dropped easy first down passes. Those aren't passes that are Francois' fault even. I mean, they were right in their hands, and then they drop them, and then FSU is forced to punt, right? And that's mental error. But what you have to remember is that being mentally prepared is also a coaching issue. Florida State was not mentally prepared for this game. They got frustrated easily. They made mental mistakes early. That's on the coaches. And it's a reason why you can't put everything on the players. And obviously, once they get their guys in, it's going to look different. But if you're a coach, if you're David Kelly, and you look and you see Nyquan Murray, Keith Gavin, even Tamori and Terry dropping just prime passes, dropping momentum-shifting passes, you know, you have to look at yourself and you have to go, well, what's going on here? Is it happening in practice but not happening in the game? Is it... Any, uh, any other number of problems? like that, That's what you have to look at if you're a coaching staff, right? 59-10 um, goes back to my main point. You know, what are FSU's weaknesses? Okay, Alec Everly, right? Mediocre center at best. That, I'm not trying to personally insult him, but he's just mediocre. That's what his ceiling is as a player. Fifth-year senior, still making very bad mistakes, still snapping the ball high, just an inexplicably... High rate. Murray and Gavin inconsistent. We went over that. Um, safeties, they're not good on one play in part or on one drive in particular. Uh, three safeties got picked on, right? Because AJ Westbrook missed a tackle and the Clemson receiver went for nine extra yards. Uh, Hans Nasraldine gave up a touchdown. And then who Stanford Samuels misses a tackle and the guy goes for, I think, 11 yards. It's just stuff like that. It's just the safeties, even though they have a lot of talent, they just don't look like it. They look like they're out of place. They look like they don't play solid football. That's kind of on the players, kind of on the coaches, right? 110 penalty yards. That's what I marked. I wrote down 110 penalty yards. I think they finished with more. Horrendous. That's just, that's not a disciplined team. When you're facing Clemson, do you think you can give up 110 penalty yards? No. Or more? No. Of course you can't. They're just going to beat yourself again. Special teams, it's the worst in the FBS. Um, We've kind of been on this for a while. Alonzo Hampton, you know, he was a questionable hire at first in the offseason. And he's a questionable hire now. And really, I I think it's it's pretty clear that he's not going to be on the staff next year. It was kind of a question about whether or not he would make it right. And it was... A question about we're going to have an article on this later, right? But for the past few games, even the most casual observer, you know, even people who don't really watch football or know much about it, they can easily tell that the special teams is just horrendous, and that's on coaching because special teams you you can't go to the talent excuse. You cannot go and say, "Oh, well, I don't have the players." No, special teams is all coaching, and Alonzo Hampton is horrible at it. I think the team had a penalty on all but one punt return that's horrible that's awful and it's hard to understate because 
Special teams, at the very least, you don't want it shooting yourself in the foot, right? Florida State's is more than that. It's actively harming the team. And that's on Hampton. So Taggart's going to, I mean, Taggart needs to make the decision. I don't know if he's going to last the whole season. I'm, I'm not sure which is you know good for that. If, he, if it's going to affect recruiting, you probably keep him through 2018 because it's kind of a lost year already. But it's just hard to see this guy lasting to 2019 with how bad he's played. No one feels good about it. 59-10, you know, it's looking like Florida State's program is sliding back for this first, not for the first few games, but, you know, that three-game stretch in the middle of the season looked like Florida State was maybe finding something. Maybe they were starting to get right back on track. After today, you can't say that. Florida State looks like they're regressing. Tiger deserves time. We're not going to be the ones to call for his firing. That'd be ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, you got to, I mean, he has to make changes. And in his post game, here's something refreshing. In his post game, Taggart was very open about it. He was saying, you know, we have players who quit on our team. I was embarrassed by that. And we're going to make some changes next week. And we're going to evaluate the coaches. Because we evaluate the coaches the same way we evaluate players in the season. So at the very least, Taggart's being open about it, right? Because the last regime with Jimbo Fisher, he would go out there and he would say, oh, uh, you know, just inches away, yada, yada, yada. Taggart's not doing that. At least, at the very least, Taggart's going out and saying, yeah, we've got issues. Yes, that was an absolutely terrible loss. And I'm not going to let it, s- and I'm not going to let it sit well with anyone. Bowl game, I don't know. <sighs> After this one, you really run the risk of your whole team giving up, especially if you have players, like everyone said, that just gave up today, right? Those guys can impact younger guys, and maybe that bad culture, he's working hard to get rid of it, but it's still there. It's it's too early to say how Florida State's going to respond to this, because they still have a lot of time, and who knows, maybe this coaching staff does make those changes, and maybe it sends a message. Maybe it sends a message to players that you know what? They're holding people accountable and I want to give my all because I actually want to play. That's going to be really interesting next week because players who just get beat, right? Players who just got picked on by Clemson, there's a difference between giving up and just getting out-talented, whatever. I think Tagger and the staff know, at least right now, who gave up and next week, it's going to be really interesting to see who that is because I actually have no doubt that there's going to be depth chart changes. There's going to be a lot of guys getting pulled the minute that they give a half-assed effort on a play. Next game, NC State, November 3rd, 3.30, I guess, so up at NC State. Uh, Well, they both got blown out by Clemson. FSU got blown out a little more, but, you know, it... I can't even give you a prediction. I can't even give you a preliminary look because which team's going to show up? Is it going to be the team that played the first quarter against Clemson? You know, the defense from that? Or is it going to be the team that played the third quarter and the second quarter against Clemson and just totally gave up on everything they were going for? I don't think this is a doomsday scenario. I think it's still too early to say that Willie Taggart and his staff have failed. It's going to be too early to say that. All the way through next year, probably. But, uh, you know, FSU, they need something. After this loss, they need something to hang their hats on. 
that's about all I have for tonight, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is this has been the Weekly Null Instant Reaction Podcast. Word to our sponsors. Before we go, we got nullfan.org, great site, and Southern Solutions, LLC, a great partner. Been with us for about a year now, so check both of those sponsors out. We can't thank them enough for supporting us and everything we do. We'll have more analysis and uh, more previews up after this one, so adios and have a happy Halloween. <laughs>